uh, it's been amazing. It's honestly been the best team that I've been around, best group of guys. Uh, just the way we come together, uh, we believe in each other, we care about each other. It's like we're all brothers. If we're not brothers, cousins, we're all like family, we're all related somehow. Um, but it's it's truly fun when you you know those guys care about you. Um, and you can just look on the field, it's, it's evident we're playing for each other. Uh, that's why it hurts a little bit more because we weren't, we were playing for each other. He's, he's one of those guys that's going to join. It looks like we'll join that group of Josh and, and uh, hmm. Patrick and now Lamar and Joe. And I think, you know, uh, uh, he's going to, he's, when I watch him drop back and he's just big and he's strong and he's tall and he's, he's athletic and he just, he gets the ball in the, in the, in the shotgun and kind of just looks over everything and kind of just starts to, throw it all over the field uh you i mean even early in that game even though he was young even though it was his breakout time i i felt like well he's going to be one of those guys he's yeah. going to there's only a handful year every year you're going to be in the super bowl or in the, in the thick of it because you have one of those guys and it looked like he was feels like to me he's gonna be one of those guys and he had a tough learning experience but no question I, it was a it was a it was a revelation to see the jordan love show let's go now everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host that's the diddy nfl on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers and here we are season's end just me and my squeaky chair sitting in the podcast studio lamenting having a good old-fashioned lament it's very irish to lament by the way we like a good old whale a good lament it's awake we're having a wake here basically you wake so no more quick snapage for your medium-sized pacage or large pacage big pacage um, look, there's a lot to talk about, right? So it it was announced today that Joe Barry um, has been fired and I know there was jubilation online and there was people dancing around, but uh, the body's still warm, lads. The body's still warm. I guess we could see it coming and then there was all of that talk of does it actually happen because the defense seemed to have turned it around. Uh, but Matt LaFleur has grabbed his cojones and gone ahead and done what an awful lot of Packers fans uh, thought was needed um so look i discussed it and i said yeah the defense looked like it got better and then someone much smarter than all of us you know did a deep dive on it and showed that yeah, the defense is so so it's just that their time of possession of the offense is insane and um, so they were just trying to sort of keep the defense off the field and as that they sort of made plays but i will detail the niners game unfortunately lads ladies we have to go through it but this podcast is not going to be about joe barry uh, there's the off season's a long, long time, but I'd like to take time and look back at Barry's career, look back at the drafts, um, and all that. Can you tell I'm already working on it? And look at his records and how he did and what the players thought of him. I mean, because you know, D back came out and said that they were fighting for him, and it's very easy to say now, but someone pointed out, um, you know, that we didn't see this sort of wholesale support of Joe Barry when he was in the thick of it online. But maybe that's because fans just don't want to, your players, I mean, don't want to wade into all of the nonsense that us fans are banging on about. Maybe that's it. Uh, there's rumours that he could stay on the staff. So people are okay with that. You also see like little clickbait articles uh, trying to catch Fairweather fans who are, you know, saying, look, who's going to be the next DC? And it's a picture of Bill Belichick. Give me a break. All right, I'll eat me hat. Eat me cheese head if that comes true. Uh, we all see the talks that he's having with the Falcons. Um, 
Yeah, but it's weird, isn't it? That he's going to stay in the staff. What is, is that the thing where, you know, when you meet your mate, you haven't seen him in forever. And you go, oh, I haven't seen you in ages. And you end the conversation. We, we go for a pint. We go for a pint. Yeah, give, give us a text there. And then, you, and then you never go for a pint. They never go for a pint. Their pint is never had between you and this friend that you don't care enough about each other to actually meet up regularly. Is that what it is? Is it the, it's not you, it's me? Break up. You know, you're great. You're really great. I tell you what, hang around. Let's be friends. Let's stay friends. Will we stay friends? Come on. Why not? Never hear from them again. So I don't know. Will Joe uh, be hanging around Lombardi Avenue? I don't know. Someone said, look, he's going to make a great linebackers coach. He's just out of his depth at the defense. With the amount of talent, um, you know what I thought of as well, actually? And I shouldn't really say this, but I was thinking, imagine Joe got the best out of them. And this was the height. <laughs> I know what you're saying, Steve. Shut up. All right. Just shut your mouth, Steve. Really stinging about the Niners. Don't be banging on about that. But look, I'm not the only one who's throwing sort of water on the fire here. Joy Alexander is coming out with cryptic tweets, Instagrams, all that jazz. You know, the guy who deletes all of his photos regularly uh, to keep us all on our toes. So apparently he came out and said, oh, thanks Green Bay for the last X amount of years and see you. No, he didn't say see you, but it sounded like see you. And it was all very poignant stuff. Now, so... <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but someone said, is that an indication that they're keeping Joe Barry? We know that's not the case now. So, I, But I haven't seen a subsequent Instagram post of Joe Alexander saying, forget it, lads. I, I got it wrong. I'm back. Right. You know, I'm not going off with Joe Barry. But at the top of the down, uh, there was a quote there from Aaron Jones and pay the man. Pay that man. If we can see in this game the difference, and I will go through the different offensive and defensive possessions for a very good reason. Um, but he's a difference maker. He really is. I mean, at the start of the season, we won games. He was injured. We lost games. He comes back in. We start winning games again. So it's very um, cut and dry. You have an Aaron Jones in there. Look, how many times do we say? We say it all the time. You and I, come on. We're just you and I sitting down doing this. But the Matt LaFleur offense only actually fires off when you have a running back. If you don't have one of those, you're a goose. And that's how San Fran can do that. Just an embarrassment to riches, by the way, Christian McCaffrey. Um... But the painful part is, is that it was just, what is it, a minute and seven seconds the Packers were leading against the number one team in the NFC. What does that tell us? You know, what does that tell us? We're a seventh seed and we're coming up against them. I don't know, because you look back, right, and you go, what did we expect to get from this season? That old thing, right? What did we expect to get from the season? Did we get an answer on Jordan Love? Yes. And Steve Young, that was super duper star Steve Young of Niners fame who replaced the legend himself, is saying that he thinks that Jordan Love is, is going to be the next big thing. He's going to be up there with Patrick Mahomes. Because that's the thing, and that's what's great about the league, is that you don't have to be the number one. You can be up there in the mix. Um, now, we did say, along with everybody else, the future is bright. right? Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that the Packers are going to get to the Super Bowl every season? No, it doesn't. But we're not going to be in the mire. The, the opposite of having a bad quarterback is a bright future. I'm sorry. I have too many friends who support too many crap teams and they've struggled for a quarterback time and time again. Every year it's the same. They either play just well enough to not land the guy. They play bad enough to land the guy, but he's bad in the end. And it just doesn't work out. You know, the Packers have gone from Favre to Rodgers to Love and it seems to have worked out again. They're just really, really good at it. Um, and it just makes Gudekunst look like an absolute legend. This is his legacy. This is what he's going to hang his hat on. The same that Ted Thompson did before, the same that Ron Wolf did before him. You know, that's how we know these names and they're, they're down in Packers lore for getting the guy. 
He went out and got Brett Favre, the drunken lout from the Falcons. No one thought. Boom. You know, Rogers just fell onto his lap. Who's going to take you from toilet bowl, Super Bowl? You know, that thing. Legend. History. Lore. And now Gudekunst trades up. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, you're serious? I'm with so many receipts. There's going to be a receipt podcast for sure. You know, and then he comes up and, and lands Jordan Love. And the rest is history again. Maybe. Maybe. But yes, is it sort of a bit early to say the future is bright? Maybe. But we've seen too much tape and too many dynamite throws and we've too much talent on offense for it to be a dud without good reason. So is a bright future playoffs and Super Bowls and all of this? Who knows? But at least hopefully we can put that to bed. That question of how are we going to move on from a first ballot Hall of Famer and Aaron Rodgers. Um, But I did get pangs of after we were dumped out of this game at the very end, like, this is a chance missed. And you don't get a lot of chances, certainly like this. Um, and I think being a Packers fan, as you'll all know, I mean, how many times have we sort of come into it where, you know, it's like, oh, well, did the, win- the opportunity is closing, the window's closing, you know? And this kind of feels like it. You look at it and go, what a guilt-edged chance, because... Yeah, you might not find yourself in this position. You might not reach the playoffs. You might get to the playoffs and get dumped out straight away. How often do you come up against road teams in the playoffs who are ranked second and first and nearly knock both of them off? Now, on the positive side of things, glass half full. It's like, well, look what we did. Seventh seed went on a run late. It was all clicking. And then we go and knock off number two, nearly knock off number one. This team is here to stay. But then, of course, look, nothing in this life is is ever given. You know, like you look at all the superstars of any genre, sport, music, acting, whatever. And, you know, people forget and move on. And that's just what it is. And is this going to be a forget and move on thing? And no one remembers it like we talk about the Packers history of the past. Who knows? But I want to talk about Anders Carlson. I put up a post on the Facebook group and just said, if we're going to play this hypothetical game, that Anders Carlson was the game-deciding point where we lost this. Well, then, can we not point to the Niners and Colby Wooden going up and tipping a ball and stopping that from going over? If we're going to say, oh, well, if Anders Carlson would have scored that, then we would have been on the same points and we would have pushed it to overtime. There's so many shoulda, woulda, couldas there. And if you're going to shoulda, woulda, coulda, Carlson's miss, well, then we have to shoulda, woulda, coulda, Moody's miss. You know, and then Moody scored one from 52 yards. And then you look at that and go, well, what if he, he could have missed that one? Like 52 yards, that's not a gimme, obviously, because Carlson missed from 41. But I'm on the fence and I'm torn by it, right? Because I know that's his job. <laughs> All right, I get it. And I get the fact that he was a bit of a shambles this season when it comes to, I'm talking stats, he's missed more kicks than anybody else in the NFL. It's not good enough. So I'm in two minds. I am critical of him, definitely. And I do think he was a big factor in us losing this game. And in fact, more analysis that I have in the back pocket is looking at games where we missed the field goal and then had to play hero ball at the end just to try catch up. Where had we scored the field goal, we either would have won it or we would have been tying the game. And it would have given us that freedom to take our time. But Jordan Love went into meltdown mode, which is exactly what happened in this game. 
So I'm of the camp. Not that Anders Carlsen missed the kick and that was the be-all and end-all, but that had that knock-on effect to cause Jordan Love on first and 10, right? It wasn't even fourth down to go and do one of Tom Clement's mortal sins, of which he has three, which is throwing late over the middle. And in fact, I watched the... I, I tortured myself. I went back and watched the, the coach's film and there's a receiver open. <laughs> I think it's most great. Or craft. Now, would he have been open because when he releases the ball, it's so far downfield that the safeties and DBs start making the way over to the ball? Maybe not. It's not cut and dry. Uh, and it was horrendous. But all I was saying was, was I saying in that Facebook post we should keep Carlson? And I'd never usually call for someone's head like I don't for didn't for Joe Barry. I thought it was a bit a bit squeamish about going that far, even though the writing was on the wall. But Anders Carlson, and again, I will point to the fact that. I'm not this sort of contrarian who's like, well, you know, if you think about it this way, is that at the very start of the season, and in fact, when I was on the draft podcast with the lads, they correctly predicted that we would let Mason go. I was of the opinion that they should definitely not because Mason had a fantastic year, albeit there was they were calling into question his leg strength, but then he went and hit his longest field goal that he'd hit in Lambeau Field uh, in his final year for the Green Bay Packers all-time leading Packers score and I get it now to let the offense grow together sure that makes sense now in hindsight to me it didn't I was thinking if Jordan Love has no one to throw it to and they're not running the right routes well then it's all gonna go tits up and it did for a while and then the players started to come into their own they got Aaron Jones back they found their groove and on we go so it worked out that's why Goody gets paid the big bucks and I don't but when it comes down to the kicker, is that, does that have to be part of your grow together thing? But this is the thing. This is what happens. We were quite willing to accept the youngest team moniker in the NFL, the youngest team to win a playoff game, the first seventh seed, even though it's a small sample size from 2020, to get through uh, this far into the playoffs. But then we're not willing to accept the fact that Anders Carlson is part of that stat of being young and that he has to learn on the fly. Now, the question there is, is do kickers learn on the fly and, and learn from their experience? Because from what we see is that when a kicker has the yips or doesn't have the ability, um, that that's sometimes it for him. And this happens with kickers who are super duper reliable and they end up getting a case of the yips. It almost happened to Mason Crosby, but the team stuck by him and ended up uh, battering down his contract to being super cheap, by the way. So they kind of had him by the, the footballs. Uh, does a kicker work like that? Are we ever going to see Anders Carlson turn into one of the greats? Can't answer the question. But was he the sole reason we lost this game? No, we, are, we definitely wasn't. And I'm going to go down through the game. We'll get it out of our system together. Um, I don't know how much appetite there is for going down through it. And we'll just see time and time again is that... And, and I think it's a psychology thing, right? Not to get too deep about it and to sort of although I am the body language expert I'm not too good on psychology probably but from a psychological standpoint is it easy for the human mind to equate a field goal kicker with points obviously because the minute he comes out he kicks he's scoring points not unless he's doing kickoffs of course but when it comes to the field goal unit with extra points and field goals you equate that to points and in fact you equate it almost to automatic points I do it myself so when you lose by three and you see there was a, fi a missed field goal. 
well, then you go, well, there was the point. Is it the same as budgeting? You know, you don't look at your bad spending habits the whole time. You're short with the rent for 100 quid. You look back at your purchases and find out that you made a purchase of earphones for 100 quid. And you go, there, had I just not bought those earphones, well, then I would have saved myself that money and I'd be able to pay the rent. No, the problem wasn't that one purchase. The problem was your spending habits. And I think that's what happens in this game. And in fact, the defense, as the game got later, there's some really brain fart stuff. There's some amazing plays by the Niners, unfortunately, at the most inopportune times, but I'll go down and do it. So anyway, without further ado, we're about 16, 70 minutes into the podcast. Let's go down through the games. And what I've done is, is as usual, I've graded the game and I've just come out with a summary. So the Packers, I believe we lost the toss, didn't we? The Niners got it, but they said to uh, the Packers, do your worst. And we didn't do too bad. So this one is Aaron Jones heavy. I've highlighted Aaron Jones' names in this drive. So first off, there's a, a fake, and then there's an overthrow to Jones, and it just sails over. And that shows that Jordan Love was jittery. It's a jittery start. Um, then Jones comes out again. He's a beast. Then Jordan Love, nice and cool, floats one to Musgrave. But there's just Aaron Jones runs for a big run. Aaron Jones comes out, runs for five. And then it's a flip to Jones. He gets 10 yards. And then Jones gets stuffed, but then Romeo Dobbs comes out. So there's two third downs on the opening drive. And Dobbs is just a third down hero. Um, on one of them, it's a pass interference. And on the other one, it's third and eight. It's in the end zone. Romeo Dobbs comes down with the ball. It's a perfect throw. Perfect route as well. In-breaking post. And it doesn't work out. So in the first possession, I was thinking, oh, here we go. But look, Love settled his nerves. Aaron Jones, very run heavy, is a beast. Um, and you really see that when Emmanuel Wilson comes in and just can't get it running the way Aaron Jones does, which is why I think we should pay the man. Dubs being the third down hero. They're managing the clock. We took up almost half of the first quarter on that first drive alone. And we still scored points, albeit it was a field goal because that uh, throw to Romeo Dobbs, the perfect route and the perfect pass in the end zone was knocked away. It's a good defensive play. And we come away with a field goal. So this is where we went to the end zone three times and we didn't get uh, a single touchdown. So the defense comes out and guess what? McCaffrey comes in, bangs out five yards. And then Debo Samuel, massive big catch and a run uh, for, I can't remember how many yards it was. It was lots, 15 yards or whatever. It was 15 yards. And then another one, then nine yards. But on that, he gets injured. And this is the part that no one talks about. And they're pointing to Anders Carlson and saying, it's all on you. The Packers were amazing. You know, we were doing everything right. And I do understand that, right? Because we were winning the game up until the last minute. But Debo Samuel gets injured by Jair Alexander. Talk about getting let off the hook. Because that first defensive stand was god-awful when it came down to it. Because Samuel looking like he was going to punish us. Not only that is that Darnell Sauvage on a first and 15 should have picked off Brock Purdy. Absolute missed opportunity. It couldn't have been thrown any better right in the numbers. And it would have been a pick six potentially because he had the space to run in because we'd condensed their field right back down and they're playing out of their own end zone. Absolutely incredible chance and he snuffs it. And that is one of two surefire interceptions. That one would have been a pick six and later we're going to come to one from Keyshawn Nixon that would have been... Uh, that would have given the Packers great field position. And we can see in this game that when the Packers are out of third and long or out of bad field position, uh, we go down and we, we kick some ass. 
So we come out again um, after that dropped interception, after being let off with the Debo Samuel injury. And it's a third and six, and Getsu comes down for one with 37 yards. Romeo Dobbs. And this stand here is, or this sort of summary, really comes down to a couple of things. It's a tale of two plays and one pass interference. Dobbs goes for that 37 yards. Jones cranks off an absolutely massive run. Ridiculous. Uh, again, shout out to the O-line. Incredible at the end of the season. And then Christian Watson gets a pass interference penalty against him. Or for him, whichever way you want to say it. Um, and then that means that we, we get to go down and it's an on-the-spot foul. And then there's the fourth and one and the QB sneak. And that's where we have the bad spot. So that bad spot scrubs off more points. And it really seems like there's a bit of a, bit of a momentum shift there. So we come out first, first offensive thing. We get a field goal. Dobbs is a bit of a hero. We come out the second time. Dobbs is again a bit of a hero. Aaron Jones is the hero. Uh, Christian Watson scares defenses enough that they put their hands all over him. It wouldn't be the first and only time. Bo Melton later in the game, we get something from him. But the bad spot and the messiness around that scrubs off the points. And it directly leads to a touchdown to the Niners. So after the bad spot, the Niners come out full of juice. The audience is lighting up. And the stadium, by the way, is ridiculous. Incredibly loud. Kittle goes for nine yards. And then I just have McCaffrey highlighted because it's a bad throw to McCaffrey. McCaffrey uh, breaks off a run. Wyatt tackles and McCaffrey breaks off a run. It's a broken tackle, which is nonsense. McCaffrey goes again, gets first down. Devondre Campbell gets a nice, uh, he drills Purdy. Then Jennings comes in and gets a catch in the middle of the field between three defenders, which is ridiculous. Um, Ayuk, Ayuk uh, gets a first down uh, playing off the coverage then Purdy throws the ball away and it's intentional grounding but it isn't called so again I mean we're ta- we're pointing at Anders Carlson I don't want to you know flog it too much right because Anders Carlson it's not as if he's innocent here right but it's the likes of that I mean there's there's two big broken tackles against McCaffrey now that's what he specialises in right and then there's two long passes one of those to Jennings between three defenders and then there's that uh, blitz. We blitz uh, Purdy and then Kittle gets a touchdown. It's the, one of the only times that we sort of get into man coverage on this drive and Savage whiffs on it and then Kittle goes down and scores a touchdown. So that bad spot and that momentum shift and the crowd being jazzed up plus two manky broken tackles plus bloody Jennings coming down with it in amongst three and then just that singular play of uh, Darnell Sauvage Losing Kittle and Purdy finding him. So, then our offense comes back out again. We have Jaden Reed and Dobbs making big plays. We have some Aaron Jones magic. We get into the red zone again. And all of a sudden, uh, it, there's a low snap on the kick. And uh, he still gets it. Carlson gets the field goal. We go up 7-6. But again, like low snaps, but... We have to go back a little bit further than that and, and second. So we get to first and goal situation. Jones comes in, no gain. Second and goal, Love is under pressure. He ends up throwing it to Jones, but Jones gets stuffed straight away. It's a bad decision. Now it avoids the sack, but you'd rather throw it away than, you know, him getting stuffed or, you know, maybe make a run for it. Um, then it's a back foot throw to Kraft um, on a low snap. Uh, and then, you know, not good. And then we, we hit a field goal, fine. Right, with seven six, 
So the defense come out again. It's McCaffrey heavy. It's Jennings heavy. Um, but what I mean by McCaffrey heavy is, is that on consecutive plays, they go McCaffrey, then Jennings, then McCaffrey, then McCaffrey, then McCaffrey, then McCaffrey. If, if this is not skipping, by the way. Then it goes to Jennings for a first down. Then it goes back to McCaffrey for nine yards. They spike the ball. Uh, it's coming up to the end of the first half. And this is where they try to kick a field goal. Colby Wooden becomes a hero and throws up the hand and knocks it down. So at the half, the Niners lead 7-6. So what the Niners tried to do was control the game at the end of the half and at the start of the second half. But the defense are ready for it. It's our fourth defensive stand. It's a three and out. And it was a great job by uh, Kenny Clark and Rashan Gary to put pressure um, on Purdy. And it's great. So now, the fourth offensive drive. It's very dinky-dunky. It's very messy. Zach Tom sort of picks up an injury almost. But we're bailed out by Bo Melton pass interference. And so it's a deep shot to Bo Melton. It's third and fifteen. If there's one time that you would tell your team, don't put your hands on them, for Jesus' sake, it's that one. Um, it's a PI. It's on the spot foul. It makes up 41 yards for the Packers. First and 10, and it's a wide open Melton in the end zone for a touchdown. But again, this is another one of those uh, opportunities where, uh, first off, it was the third one. There was a love touch push. Smart short. We challenged it and we won. Great. But then it's second and 21. It's a face mask that's missed on Aaron Jones. We don't get the call, um, but sort of no harm, no foul, right? Because we can only get the touchdown. Fifth defensive stand. Um, this ends with a touchdown to the Niners. And again, it's just tragedy. It's a pass to Kittle. Uh, it's in the middle, I believe, of the field. Jonathan Owens whiffs on the tackle. Massive yards after the catch. And then it's a first and 10 and it goes to McCaffrey. And again, another absolute stinker of a tackle by Savage. And then it becomes a touchdown to McCaffrey. This is where Keyshawn Nixon comes in. Returns, fumbles, and then Eric Wilson makes that diving catch. So this is where, look, it all comes down to faith, really, right? So you'll have faith. Not faith. Maybe faith, too. Um, it all comes down to my so TH has uh, boggled my mind. Uh, so when it comes down to what you're sort of thinking, there's equal majestic plays here and there's other ones that aren't so much and this is one of the majestic ones Keyshawn Nixon makes a ridiculous um run and Eric Wilson midair catches the ball again we didn't really cover ourselves in glory here right Aaron Jones is stuffed uh but then second and 10 and it's an unreal pass that dubs up the middle under pressure first and goal Jonesy run second and goal touchdown Tucker Craft and then we converted for two points sensational but again what's the key to that it's great field position and that is nothing more, there's nothing more sort of drives that home than the next defensive stand. So McCaffrey stuffed, there's a McCaffrey pass, he goes for four yards only. Then it's third and five, and Nixon whiffs on an interception. Now you might go, well, it's not going to be a pick six, or it's not going to be whatever, but the field position that we would have had would have been unbelievable. And we've seen what we're able to do on short field position, uh, with the one that we got before that. And with the, the Nixon return. And it just doesn't happen. Sixth offensive drive. And this is where we just absolutely stink up the place from here on out. So the offense is poor. The defense is manky. And it all comes down. And the only thing that could potentially bail us out. Is the Ander Carlson field goal. Even though we were still ahead. And that would have just pushed us to seven. Um, absolute stinker. Sixth offensive drive. 
Uh, pass to Watson, first down. Looks like it's starting off well. It's tossed Aaron Jones, loses yards. Incomplete to Kraft. High in behind Kraft. And Kraft puts his hand out and slaps the ball up into the air and it gets intercepted. There's two minutes left at this point in the third and the game is 21-14 to the Packers. But this is just, it just stinks. The defense come out. It's good defense. But it all comes down to a third and nine and it's a lucky throw. I mean, it's a bad throw and they were bailed out and Ayuk comes up with it and they end up getting down far enough just basically because of that Ayuk third and nine catch to get the first down and because of the interception, we gave them good field position and Moody comes in and bangs over a 52-yard field goal. So then it gets to air offense and we think, right, can we respond? No. Third and two, short third down. Uh, you know, it's better than what's been happening earlier in the game where it's third and long and we need to get out of those situations. Aaron Jones is wide open and we whiff the pass. Offense, boom, off you go. Three and out, off the field. And it all comes down to bad offensive play. Defense come back out again. And it's really a tale of two plays. Two Maca- big McCaffrey run and a Jennings catch on third and ten. But it was good defense otherwise and we do force the punt. Offense come back out again. Massive Aaron Jones run. Wilson gets the leap. Fantastic. But it's all snuffed out by poor old Anders. Carlson can't do the one job, Anders, that you're supposed to do. 41-yard field goal. Miss. Would have put the Packers up by seven. Ninth defensive stand. This is just absolutely manky. Catastrophic defense. Ends in a touchdown to McCaffrey. Um... The play to prevent McCaffrey from getting in is woeful. And if you look at it, defense are doing quite well. Gets a third and five. Ayo catches and tight Nixon coverage. In fact, Nixon was hugging him at the time he caught it. Chris Connolly comes on. First catch of the game. Valentine in the coverage. Gives it up the sideline. Connolly gets out, stops the clock. Then Kittle gets a catch. Campbell whiffs on that tackle. Two plays later, McCaffrey catches a pass. Preston Smith doesn't wrap him up. Gets out, stops the clock. Second and ten. Preston Smith again. Bites on Purdy. Going to run up the middle. Doesn't, obviously. Breaks out to the left. Doesn't contain. And Purdy gets nine yards. It's a third and one. McCaffrey, touchdown. And if you look at that, Jonathan Owens runs up to him. And instead of just wrapping him up, he tries to shoulder him to the ground. Christian McCaffrey, right? Who can run through many a man. Owens tries to stop him by shouldering him. So... You're looking at that and going, the Packers were leading up until that point. When McCaffrey breaks the uh, plane, it's there's one minute and seven seconds in the game. So right up until the very end of the game, the Packers were winning by four. Now we're down by three after they scored the um, extra point. And if you look at it, had Owens just made that tackle instead of doing this shoulder stuff, had Pres- Preston Smith just wrapped up uh, McCaffrey and not let him get outside the clock would have run they probably would have had to use their timeout or whatever um, had he contained then Purdy wouldn't have got those 9 yards had Nixon reached out a hand on 3rd and 5 on that ninth defensive stand the last time the Niners offence meaningfully took the field apart from kneeling down and slapped that ball away from Ayuk well then it was 3rd and 5 they would have been on 4th down bringing all out pressure God knows what happens so yes, we can point to Anders Carlson, and we should to a degree because he's definitely at fault. But on that last drive alone, there was one, two, three, four, five, six 
almost consecutive plays that were awful. And we were still leading at that point. The icing on the cake comes down to Tom Clements' three deadly sins. Our offense take the field. We've got a minute and seven seconds left. Starts off all right. First and ten. Dobbs catches it for eight yards. Second and two. High and incomplete to Dobbs. Third and two. It's caught for a first down by Sims, I believe. It could have been Musgrave. And then a first and ten. Dear Jordan Love. And I, I had to laugh at it. And again, it was just... It was painful of stinging because it was just after we lost the game. But someone said, it's easy to see that the Packers have found the next elite quarterback because he gets into the playoffs. He throws all of these fantastic throws um, and also ends up losing to the Niners as sort of a, a marker that he is the next great Packers quarterback. But look, there was 49 seconds left. Jordan Love could have probably got to the sideline and stepped out. This is kind of just copy-pasting from what we saw Aaron Rodgers do. Remember that game, where it was it Tampa, where he could have potentially ran it in for a touchdown and decided to stop and try to squeeze the ball in, probably to Devontae Adams at the time. But it's first and 10. There's no pressure on fourth down. You don't have to loft the ball up anyway. He makes a terrible decision, throws across the middle in double-triple coverage late. Uh, I believe Christian Watson, he was trying to get the ball to. And if you go back and look at the coach's tape, if you're sort of sadomasochistic, if that's what you're into, by all means do. You know, take your top off, get in the nip and watch that play if that's what you're into. It's just awful. Awful. Now, is it an indictment? And should we um, turf the baby out with the bathwater and say that love should be sacked and, he's, you know, he's can't, he doesn't shine under the bright lights? No, there's none of that. I mean, there's an awful lot of culpability, culpability to hand around. But that was just got off. And if you want to know what Tom Clement's sins are, the three mortal sins, one is throwing late over the middle. Check. <laughs> the other one is making blind throws. And the other one is making predetermined reads. And it's that first one, as we've alluded to, that is the problem. And to make it worse, to make it worse, and to make it almost seem like it's premeditatedly bad, is that this is what the comms had to say when they interviewed Jordan Love about making those type of dodgy throws. Back to that love throw, I was asking him, you know, some of these throws you're making get a little Mahomes to you. He's like, look, I know there are some quarterback sins we talk about, <laughs> but honestly, I feel like I can make them. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I know there's quarterback sins, but I can do it. And he didn't do it. But it, look, I'm not, um, it's, I'm, make, I'm Bruce Willis. I'm making the joke because it's there. Um, but the fact that he mentions the mortal sins and it's a reason for that but then do we key in on the ones where there's sins and he makes them and he shouldn't make them and all this type of jazz who knows but that that's what we mean when we talk about it's like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre had a love child and it became Jordan Love you know because there is that sort of Favre to him and what do I mean throwing interceptions in important playoff games yeah you know you know the shoe fits so that's, we lost the game, lads, ladies, that's it, we're never talking about it again. I am going to go back and look at the NFC Championship game at some stage. I keep saying this every year, but I don't think I'm brave enough to do it. But this doesn't feel that bad. You know, it doesn't feel, I don't know, maybe it's because we're not looking at it and going, this is the last time, maybe, that this will ever happen. It seems like we're on the cusp of something great. And someone said it about, you know, Joe Barry and said, if we can figure out that side of the ball, like just imagine how unbelievably lethal this team could be. Because we can lead from the front, uh, we can put up big scores, hopefully we have talents, all not hitting their sophomore slump at the same time. And with a stout defense, this team that we have 
from what we can see this year anyway, can really notch up the points. So can you imagine how many games we'd run away with if our defence could step up to the plate? Doesn't bear thinking of. But look, the podcast's going to keep going. It goes from two times a week down to one time a week, or once a week, as normal people would say it. Um, so we're going to keep bringing it. I think the next one's going to be on that whole Joe Barry debate and who potentially we could get in. Um, I'm going to touch base and touch base. Jesus, I've been working in an office too long. Um, with journals and get them on and recap the season and stuff like that and not focus on the negatives and focus on the positives because the future is bright. And if you want to win yourself a prize to go over and see Jordan Love, all expenses paid on our annual Lambeau Field Tour, go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. And for a tenner, you could win signed merch and you can also get your name uh, on a golden ticket to win that and it's being drawn in August and I've already had questions because people are super excited when do we announce the group trip well it's going to be announced when the schedule is announced so when the schedule comes out we try to announce it that week and if not it's the following week it sells out now every single year and has done for the last couple of years so if you're serious about going over and seeing Jordan Love lead this dynamic uh, offense and the defense getting better well then dive on that when it comes out but you can also bag an all expenses paid trip go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers the season is over um, but of course UK Packers are going to keep on and, and as well as that I just want to give an honourable mention keep an eye on social media which is Facebook Instagram threads TikTok YouTube Jesus um, X uh, keep an eye on that and also on your emails and get on to be uh, an email subscriber because I want to find out where the best place is to watch games in your hometown and hopefully meetups are going to be bigger and better in 2024 when the season swings around. But anyway, I've been at Steedy the NFL. I'll talk to you in a week.